into this holiday episode of the Broadway Bulletin. We are so glad you stopped by to get your fill of theater news, so let's get into it. Gobble, gobble, gobble. (laughs) I had to. It's Thanksgiving weekend. So it's a holiday here in the States. It is. In case uh, those of you who aren't from the States were wondering. That's fair. So coming back around to Broadway, though, K-pop has delayed its official opening till November 27th. However, the company did hold its red carpet um, on the 20th. So yesterday, because we're recording on the 21st, so yesterday they did hold the big red carpet for their opening, but they actually will not open until the okay. following Sunday. Yeah, which is just kind of interesting. Um, that's definitely... I would be interested to know more about that choice. I have a sneaking suspicion it has to do with illness. I, know I think that it might too. The but why would you keep the why would you keep the red carpet? That's the part I'm not sure. Maybe they bought it and they couldn't return it. I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. Um, also in other opening news, a Christmas Carol <laughs> starring Jefferson Mays opened on November 21st, which just happens to be tonight that we're recording this. Yes. The um, one-man Christmas carol at the Nederland Theater. Yeah, and I got to see this uh, invited dress, and it is so good. So good. I'm so excited. It's opening. Um, go see it, guys. Go I'm excited it. to see it. I believe I see it next week. So I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to take it in and share it with our patrons. So that'll be great. Uh, some community news um, for everyone. Members of Actor Equity Association held a rally in Times Square on the 17th of November uh, as negotiations have been going on since September for the latest contract. Now, they are not the only ones in negotiation with the, the only uh, union in negotiations with the Broadway League. Yes. But they are gaining the most traction because the uh, right now Actors Equity is in a position where they have a lot of leverage. Yes, and one of the hot topics kind of on the table is, of course, the the heroes of, of last season, which is the understudy, the Swings, um, who stepped into roles that, for the first time ever, were never at that level or never that size before. So there's a lot of, of negotiating contracts and, and roles and, and structure and things going on. It's going to be interesting to see where things land. Um, don't... Don't overlook the situation that's happening right now uh, among the unions here in the theater district. It's going to set a precedent and it's going to send a lot of shockwaves through the theater industry. In exciting news, the piano lesson, which was sold as a limited engagement, has extended to January 29th, probably due to popular demand. I'm sure due to oh, it's popular a brilliant, demand. Brilliant production. Absolutely wonderful. Uh, also on exciting news, Jaquina Kalokongo will be taking over the role of the witch in Into the Woods starting next month. And I know who's going to be getting tickets to see her. That would be me. I can't wait. She is an incredible performer. Uh, so from the five points to the woods... She goes, you know, so this will be really exciting. And then let's go ahead and just jump into some stuff we've seen over the past week. So I'm going to start by talking about the show that I saw on my own um, that's becoming one of the hottest tickets here on Broadway, playing at the Stephen Sondheim Theater, just recently opened, and that would, of course, be Anne Juliet. 
I've been hearing fantastic things about this since it did its across the pond run. Across the pond. Was it across the pond or was it in Canada? No, it's it, well both. So okay. it, it it did first play in England and then they had its North American debut up in Toronto before it came to Broadway. You were correct. Um, basically, the premise of the show is: What if Juliet didn't kill herself? And we're going to leave it there because if we continue to go on past that, it'll ruin the story a little bit. Now, can we tell them the type of musical it is? Uh, it's a pop. It's a jukebox pop musical. Um, if you were a child that grew up, basically, if you were born in the eighties on, this is like the ultimate sweet tooth. If you were born in the late 80s, early 90s. This is the ultimate sweet tooth for you. Um, The hits just keep coming in the way that they did it was fantastic. And this, for me, the, the, I mean, look, the music of course is great because you know all the songs, but the real winner in the show is absolutely without a doubt the story, the book. And pairing with that are uh, the actors particularly the lead actors, uh, Betsy Wolf and Stark Sands. The chemistry and the bond they have is incredible, and their humor. Um, top to bottom, the book is just solid. And, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, so this is an alternative version of Romeo and Juliet. No, Not no. Quite. This really is a unique take on what could be. And so I really appreciate it. That this is an original show, not necessarily with original music. Um so it's worth seeing. It really is. And I love seeing how young the audience was too and how excited they got. So I was like, yes, Broadway. Come see more too though. There's more stuff. Keep going. Speaking of seeing more, so in case working eight shows a week isn't enough, I actually went and saw a show as well. So it was a nine show week for me. Ooh. Um, and we saw at Playwrights Horizons uh, Downstate, which oh. is a play and oh, oh my gosh, I was sitting on the edge of my seat multiple times. It was so good. So good. It's by the same um, playwright who wrote Clyburn Park. Mm-hmm. It was developed up at Seven Wolf Theater Company in Chicago. A lot of the actors who helped develop it, you know, came out here to do it with them. Um, there are familiar faces from the minutes in the show. It was just so powerful. Well, <coughs> What I really appreciate about it is there's a lot of there's a lot of thoughts and opinions and while there isn't necessarily one voice or the other there's an overarching theme to it that you have to to really see it all fit into place you have to watch the whole thing and there are moments where you think you know where the story's going and it doesn't and it doesn't and it happens multiple times and it also it's a show that just shows that life is not black and white. And no matter how hard we try to make it black and white. And and, and sometimes, you know, I mean, to be blunt, how horrible we as society can continue to be mm-hmm. and unforgiving we can continue to be, even this... though someone has made things right. Well, you know, and I... and I think that the other thing is it's forced us to face uncomfortable truths there were a lot of points made that were uncomfortable, but it was like, mm, I see the reason in that, though. I don't have to agree with that. I don't have to like it, but I see the reasoning in that. Well, and what I really loved about this play is it exists in the gray areas, and it forces you 
to see the gray areas. And hopefully it can spark a conversation about what those things are, why they're gray areas, why we can't fit them into one side or the other. Um, and I would love to see this show on a larger platform. I would love to see this show done um, multiple places all over the country. Yeah. And really, I, I was very impressed with this work. And uh, it, there are trigger warnings. It, the simplicity is what makes it brilliant. It is not a flashbang show. Mm-mm. It's the simplicity. And it is the, and there's not we a need lot of to preaching. have a conversation. It's yeah. just talking. Well, and that's the other thing that I loved about it is... You loved the show and you connected with the characters because they were all flawed humans. Every single one. You, 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 there were these terrible people on stage and yet you, you empathize with them. Even though like, if, you were, if we were to just give a character description, you'd be like, well, I could never feel bad for someone like that. But then you'd watch the show and you're like, mm, look who you're feeling bad for all of a sudden. And where you were at the top of Act 1 was not where you were at at the end of top of Act 2. Or the end of Act One, and where you you know you 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 as an audience member went on a journey. There have been very few shows I've seen this year where I found myself just completely, just submerged in the work, not evaluating, but just completely enveloped in what I was seeing. I couldn't see anything else around me. I was just completely there, and this was one of them. So, don't miss Downstate at Playwrights Horizons. That is definitely a whisper, a stage whisper recommendation. Finally, to wrap things up, I mean, lots of going on here. We're, we're starting to transition into the winter season. Um, there's a lot of things around the corner. I feel like we're going to get through the holidays and, and be, you know, putting away the trees and the decorations and bidding farewell to 2022 and opening the door in 2023 and everything's just going to be rushing in the door, mm-hmm. you know, which is exciting. But along with that, this is, you know, this is Thanksgiving. It's the month of giving. Um, anybody out there, if you are in a position to give, we would love it if before the year is out, you would be uh, able to give to our show and, and become a patron and help us out in continuing to bring you this great content that we we dedicate ourselves to bringing you and continue to cover this amazing theater scene. Uh, any amount that you're able to help give us, we would greatly appreciate it. It goes a long way to not only helping us bring you this content, but uh, continue to help grow theater here in New York. Um, your patronage becomes patronage to the theaters here. So if you're able to, please visit patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There will also be some new options uh, available soon. If you just want to leave a tip of like a dollar, that goes a long way. So, so please, if you're able to, we greatly appreciate it. And a shout out to our patrons. Thank you so much. For everything you do. Yeah. Now, we have a very, very, did I mention very? A very special edition of Whisper in the Wings. Um, This is incredible. Like, the earth shook. Um, we're, We're going global on this edition. And, I mean, we're not just hopping across the pond. Oh, no, 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 no. We have to literally get on the flight, put on your slippers, get your eye mask. We're going... All the way on the other side of the world, we are venturing to the great continent of Australia for this week's Whisper in the Wings. And it's for an incredible interview. We spoke with Raj Sindhu, who 
who is the creative producer and company director of Australian Theatre Live. It's a streaming service um, that's open to anyone, including uh, people here in America, in the UK. You can stream Australian theatre. And this was such an incredible conversation. Um, we we're so honored to have this opportunity to, to get the word out about this platform and to share this interview. So please strap in. Get excited, and we bring you now our interview with Raj Sindhu. Welcome in, listeners, to a huge huge episode of whisper in the wings we are going international on this uh episode and we are bringing you a huge announcement uh of global proportions obviously joining us on our show today all the way from australia we have the creative producer and company director raj sindhu who is from australian theater live raj thank you so much for joining us today Andrew, thanks for the introduction. I'm really excited to be hitting the airwaves in America too. It's just such a such a generous thing for you to do to, to interview us and bring us into the States. Thanks so much. This is incredible. I mean, first of all, this is an incredible feat considering the time difference. Um, I know you, exactly. But I have been so excited to talk to you about this ever since this came across our email um, Australian Theatre Live. This is so exciting. Could you tell us a little bit about this? We're, we're a company that began about seven years ago capturing Australian theatre on film, uh, but way more than an archival. We used anywhere from six to 13, 14 cameras uh, to capture the theatrical experience. We then post-produce it just like a film and we released that in cinemas art centers we released it through uh, digital mediums on a on a streaming service once we've we've done the cinema rounds with some of the product uh, and it sits on our portal and is available for streaming that is fantastic now we've we've seen a lot of streaming services like this before but how did you come up with this particular idea uh, for the theatre? So we we saw product coming from Britain, mainly the National Theatre, which we, you know, I love some of the, the plays that the National were doing. And our artistic director, Grant Dobwell, sort of said, well, if they're doing it, why aren't we? Why aren't we capturing Australian stories in the same spirit and making them available? You know, Australia is such a wide country, such a huge on the geographical space and there are a lot of rural and regional centers that don't get the opportunity to see some of the main stage productions and so our kind of vision was really to be able to capture australian product and 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 be able to exhibit it in australia and around the world to to show the world what australian artists designers directors and writers are capable of and so that became our mission and slowly but surely, we've been, you know, getting a catalogue together and and marketing it, uh, and and we we finally had enough product where we thought, you know what, 
we can justify our own streaming platform now and make it much easier for people to access the material that we have. Oh, that's incredible. So we've we've seen some of these other platforms before. You mentioned the National Theatre. Here in the States, we have like Broadway HD or uh, Lincoln Center Theatre. But with Australian Theatre Live, what was it like developing all this and putting it together? It was a real pioneering spirit, you know, like we... We we are we we obviously had to clear it with the actors first, right? So so doing the pilot shows that we were doing, we were in negotiations with the what we call the media equity division of the Media Entertainment and Arts Alliance over here, which which looks after actors uh, through agents and all of that. So so negotiating a good deal for the artists was really important to us. Kind of checking with designers and directors that they were okay with how we wanted to proceed. It was a lot of conversations early on. And then we began experimenting with what is the best way to capture the film, or the play, I should say, to turn it to film. And 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 we just started very small, you know, one play a year, one and a half, two plays a year. And then we grew uh, and started getting more and more efficient at what we were doing and, and being able to approach different theatre companies partnering with a lot of theatre companies to, to, to get the product and be able to keep it. Fantastic. Now, I know that, like, we're, we're talking about a streaming service here, so not necessarily yeah. an actual show, but is there a message or a thought you're hoping that your audiences take away from this and having access to it? I think where we want to go, if there was one message to the audience, is explore Australian artists. You know, it's it's a very we have a great theatre community down here, and to be able to now capture, especially the spirit of the more independent theatre productions that don't get the huge budget to be able to tour, to be able to to mount the plays again and again, we really want to capture that mid and independent theatre scene because we we believe it it's worthy of of a greater audience. So. We have an Indigenous theatre company here that does only Australian plays called Griffin Theatre, and we've been able to partner with them uh, and capture almost a whole season of their plays, plus a couple of extras. So we, we have an independent theatre scene here we reach out to uh, and, and negotiate to film their plays as well. So our catalogue is not just main stage theatre. Uh, it goes down to the independent scene as well. And I think in terms of a, a streaming service, there's not a lot of places out there where you can really see this independent streak in Australian theatre. I would even go a step further and say, I think on a lot of these major theatre streaming services, you don't get a lot of those independent or, or as we say out here in the States, those off and off, off Broadway theatre, you know, it's the main stage Broadway shows that, that they push. And I love that you're pushing the independent theatre because there's a lot of great work being done right there you yeah know? yeah that's right and and the you know if, if you get a let, let's say you get a really good reaction to a, an independent theater production in australia with a new australian tech you get a very short window to perform it because you, you may have a three-week season you know you might be able to extend for a week maximum mm -hmm. and then it's gone and and in australia it's very you know it, it's not often that we get to remount those shows and if we do remount them, it's very rarely you remount them with the same car. So being able to capture that spirit and, and, and 
keep it and market it to the rest of Australia and the rest of the world uh, is an exciting prospect for us. Uh, so yeah, we we we're kind of pretty pretty pumped about being able to do it. So now, how long have you been? You mentioned you've been working on this for seven years, capturing all these. Yeah. Is this platform live now, or are you about to launch it? No, Andrew. It went. We went live last month. Like we're, you know, we were we, we did a a kind of what we call a low to medium profile launch, just to start seeing how the platform worked, how well it would go. Uh, it's 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 working fine. We're getting subscribers. We're getting people who are coming in and having a look. We have a free trial period for two weeks where you can register and have a look at what we've got. And we're getting a, a steady trickle of people who are going, no, I'm going to, to subscribe for the year. So we offer a, a yearly subscription for $75 Aussie, which is you know around about, what, 50-odd dollars US. And we offer a monthly service of uh, around $7 a month Australian, which is, again, around $5 US. Uh, maybe even a little less than that, um, and and we add plays. That we've started with about, I think we're up to eighteen or twenty plays on the platform, and we're adding to that every month. We're, we're adding new works as we we've got some captured that are in post production, and our plan is to you know be able to continually evolve the site. We we want to get into conversations with people who have already captured theatre that's not sitting on any platform and run specials of those productions across the platform as well so now that the the streaming service is up and running we're, we're much uh more active in in recruiting and getting different kinds of content uh to be able to to put on the service hopefully we're doing interviews with directors and theater makers and writers and all of that that will go up on the website uh so i should say the streaming service as well yeah so it's all guns blazing that's amazing this is like the the theater like lovers ultimate like Netflix you know what I mean like this is like the perfect yeah. place to come home and just binge a play and I've always wanted that you know I mean I love TV don't get me wrong like I, I like there are the shows that I love but even before streaming services happened I always wanted a way where I could watch theater performances in like a conscience in a good conscience way i always hated going on youtube and you know it was that bootleg copy and working in the theater you're like i really i just can't i don't feel good about this because you know it's stealing now we have this platform where we can sit down and we can watch it and what's really cool about this is someone like me who's in new york i can i can see what's happening on the other side of the world and really get a taste for what's for what you what you all out there are doing this is incredible Oh, thanks, Andrea. It is, and it's it's what I love about you know not not being able to travel overseas a lot. Just having access to you know, American theatre or British theatre or German theatre, you know, it just gives you a different artistic kind of injection, you know. And that's an exciting thing for any theatre lover to do, you know. So so you could you could subscribe for one. Well, you can get, go for two weeks for free onto our site and watch as many plays as you like in that in that three week period. Uh, or you can subscribe for a month and just binge on Aussie content. You know, it's a, the opportunity is there all around the world now for us to exchange theatrical experiences in this way. And that's what's really exciting to us. Now, does anybody need like a special hookup or uh, like a, a, a login or anything? Or can they just go to the website and, and sign up and begin watching? Exactly. Straight to the website, email address, and you're in. Uh, so, so once your details are in, 
you get a key to unlock it. That key lasts as long as you've subscribed. Uh, you know, we have a, a season ticket, which gives you 12 months or a monthly subscription service that you can, you know, you can stop at any time. Oh, fantastic. Well, my final question for this portion of the interview I want to ask is who do you hope have access to Australian Theatre Live? Personally, and, you know, we, we kind of differ in terms of uh, our organisation, but personally what I'm most excited about is to give uh, sort of in terms of the American public, the university student or high school student who just wants to get a different voice I love American theatre. I love American playwrights. And it's always hard to read plays and sort of understand in culturally what that might sound like in someone else's voice. Whereas now for an American university student or, you know, they can get online and go, wow, that's what that play sounds like in its natural uh, accent, you know, and, and that really excites me. And to give uh, American theatre makers right across the state the opportunity to maybe try uh, producing a different kind of play. Watch one of ours, have a look and go, wow, I wouldn't mind putting that production on in, in my own theatre in wherever you are, Wyoming or, you know, Seattle or wherever you are, you know, giving, giving a little bit of inspiration to people to, to try out an Aussie play would be, would be a dream for me. a little bit and give our listeners a chance to kind of get to know you a bit and i want to ask first off uh what shows playwrights or composers have inspired you wow well i'll go aussie first because uh you know there's a there's a, a writer here who, who we've captured some of the work of his name is david williamson and he has got a great satirical voice, always has had a great satirical voice in Australian comedy and drama. Uh, he's, he's an inspiration just because he, it, it, it's a real insight into Australian middle-class fabric culture. He's very good at that. Uh, he's been an inspiration to me. I've always really been a huge fan. When I was first studying drama, I was a real fan of American writers because, you know, anything from Cat on a Hot Tin Roof to, uh, you know, the classic plays of America are just so tightly written, you know, beautifully written plays. Uh, and they're always, you know, the thing that I love about the reverence of American theatre is you, you can see productions of some of the classics every few years they come up. We don't really have that kind of culture in Australia, whether it's money or audience size, I'm not sure. But, you know, we see the crucible, you know, we see Arthur Miller's crucible every four or five years in Australia, you know. We, we'll, see a, we'll see a version of, uh, of Arthur Miller uh, every few years. So, so it's, 
it's our wish inspirationally to try and create that momentum for Australian writers by having some digital content for them to to be able to remount productions and get inspired to redo great Australian theatre. Other writers, oh gee, I'm a big fan of Harold Pinter. Uh, you know, Beckett, Waiting for Godot when I was at university, we did a, we didn't do the whole play, we did some of it. Uh, it's a, he's a mind-blowingly clever writer, just his rhythms and, and black, dark comedy, uh, just beautiful. I was reading a passage from Waiting for Godot the other day, uh, I found on Twitter, actually, and uh, it made me dive right back into the text. Uh, I'm a big, big fan of both. Yeah, so there's some of uh, the people that inspire me. Well, have you seen any great theatre lately that you might be able to recommend to the listeners? We we filmed a show. Um, gosh, now you put me on the spot. My brain is almost blank. Uh, we've, we we filmed a couple of plays recently that we that haven't gone on the website yet, that aren't on the service yet, uh, and they're really great fresh new Australian plays. One is called The Orange Thrower. Uh, and it's looking at Australian society through the lens of a migrant. And and the basic premise of the play is that, um, you know, as, as black South African people living in, in, in Australia, there are white people, white, white boys who walk past their house and throw oranges at their house. And it's just this unfolding of this story of this South African migrant family uh, trying to trying to find their roots in a new country. It's just beautiful, you know. It's it it kind of it, it it's got that flavour of of looking at Australia through a kind of harsh lens of racism, but it but but it it's such a touching, beautiful soft play in the end it's a it's a gorgeous piece to watch and i've i didn't see that live i've only seen it on film so it was it was wonderful for me to experience that because i was in sydney and i'm based in melbourne so that's an inspirational piece uh there are a couple of others we we, we have a, a wonderful actor here called jonathan diggins who wrote a one-man show about one of our ex-prime ministers called keating his name was paul keating the the Prime Minister, and it's this one, it's about an hour and a quarter long, and it's, a, it's basically a monologue, which really includes the audience, and the writing is superb. Like, it's a cutting, satirical look at an old Prime Minister and his view of Australia in the future. That's a beautiful piece of theatre. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's, there's lots going on down here that's really worth, really worth having a look at, that's for sure. I, I would absolutely believe it. Like I said, when we were speaking before we started, we have a, a listener who uh, named Raymond who keeps keeps me in the loop and, and keeps us posted about all the, the goings on in the Australian theater scene. And it is just as active as, as here in New York. It's incredible. And I, I wish I had all the money in the world so I could just book a flight, JFK to Sydney, and just spend a whole month just taking it all in because it's incredible the stuff that's being done out there uh and being and yeah there's some... more about this independent theater scene that exists out there i could just spend three months out there just going to see these kind of shows it sounds amazing 
Yeah, the, I mean, the, the independent theatre series is fantastic. Like we, we just filmed a production, I haven't seen it because I wasn't around, called The Italian, new Australian writer in a small theatre downstairs at Belvoir Street. Sean, you know, who, who works with us, saw it and said, guys, you've got to film this. It's a, it's a fantastic independent play. And so our artistic director, Grant Dobwell, and, and Peter, our producer, went and saw it. And, and we, we turned that play film around in less than 72 hours. Wow. We, we decided we'd shoot it. We got it together and we shot it within 72 hours. I mean, it's ridiculous how hard these people worked to get it on and how enthusiastic and generous the actors were to let us do it so quickly. Uh, and that's going to be a real uh, wonderful romp through, again, through the lens of uh, the Italian experience in Australia. So, so having the... I mean, I mean, as someone who, who is part of a company, having the, the opportunity to witness this kind of creativity and capture it is just a joy, a real thrill. Amazing. Well, I want to ask, what is your favourite part about working in the theatre? Well, I'm, I work a lot more in business these days. And I, I trained as an actor. You know, I, I was enthralled with the theatre since I was about 11 years old when I went and saw Philip Jonty's Puppet Company in my little country town in South Australia. And I've always loved how writers and theatre makers join the imagination with reality and this whole idea of the suspension of disbelief. And, and so when we had the opportunity to, to work to create this company, uh, it was a way of really giving me an opportunity to connect with theatre on a different level. And I so respect and admire theatre makers and practitioners. In Australia, it's very hard to make a living as a theatre practitioner. And, and those that, that, that seek it out and keep it alive and fan the flame of creativity, I, I take my hat off and salute them, you know. And so to be able to support them in this way and stay connected with theatre by creating this, this, what we call a canon of Australian productions and Australian theatre, um, it's a really heartwarming experience for me to be able to, to be a part of the company that does that. And that's what keeps me inspired to keep doing this. I love that. We love a, a huge supporter. So thank you on behalf of everyone in the theater. We appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, and I'm hoping, you know, as, a, as part of me as an actor that's still looking for the, the right opportunity to do another play, and I will, you know, I certainly will in the future. Uh, you, can never, you can never really lose that, that bug to want to perform on a stage, and uh, I'm sure mine will swing around again shortly. Yep. Absolutely. My favorite question to ask our guests uh, is, what is your favorite theater memory? And I'm excited to hear yours. Uh, there are so many, honestly. But you know, I mentioned that, that Philip Jonty puppet company. Uh, I still remember that as being one of my favorite because I went in as a grumpy 11-year-old not wanting to be there. My mum had bought me a ticket to this stupid puppet show. And I went in with my older brother and we were both grumpy that we had to be there, really not wanting to be there. But as soon as the lights went down and this pin spot came up and this little puppet appeared in the pin spot, and I, I just remember it looking around, scared. 
and everyone laughed. And within three seconds of seeing this puppet, we were all invested in the character of this puppet and who it was. And then more characters joined it. And it became the most joyous, loving, fun-filled hour of puppetry. And I remember it so viscerally because of how it made me feel. And then I, I look at productions that I've seen, you know, from, from a drama student when I moved to Sydney to study, uh, you know, some one of the finest productions of The Tempest uh, I think has ever been been done at the Belvoir Street Theatre with Richard Roxburgh and Kate Blanchett and um, a, a great stage actor here um, who has a company called Bell Shakespeare. Uh, he, he was playing Tempest. I, I mean, just, you know, Richard Roxburgh in Hamlet was also a fantastic moment for me. Uh, so there's lots of little gem moments in the theatre when you know the audience is completely enthralled and in simpatico with the character, they're the moments I search for in theatre and, and thankfully I've got a lot in my heart that I remember. That is amazing. I love that. And I'm so jealous you got to see Kate Blanchett in the show. That must have been incredible. Yeah, I saw Kate Blanchett on stage in, in her first production out of NIDA. Uh, we were. She was the year behind me uh, at NIDA. We were, we were. We were kind of not classmates, but but kind of college mates. And uh, she was in a production at the Griffin Theatre. Uh, and you just knew from watching her in that first production, you just went, "This girl is destined." She was. She just has a a connection to storyteller, like all of the ghosts and gypsies of storytellers past have somehow made a place in there in, in Kate Blanchett's heart and she brings that stuff to life uh, so beautifully. You know, she's a talented, talented woman. Wow. I, yeah, I, I got to be honest, I, I did miss a little part about you two going to school together. So that's why I was like, wait, what? That is incredible. Wow. Yeah, we, we've all, we, we all, uh, we all have, have a great fondness for Kate, all of the you know, all of the people who went through through the school around the time that Kate did, we all have a great fondness uh, for her and great memories of her working on Australian stages. Uh, and she still does, you know. She, she she did for a while when she came back as the artistic director of the Sydney Theatre Company. Um, so we still get to see her perform on our stages occasionally. Um, yeah. Well, are there any other productions or projects that you have coming on the pipeline we might be able to plug besides the Australian Theatre Live? No, I'm not producing any theatre at the moment. Uh, there is one thing I would love to plug, which is a play we hope to get. It's a it's a new Australian musical uh, called uh, Dubbo, Dubbo, the Dubbo Wrestling Championship. We're hoping to be able to capture it and put it on our website. But it's, uh, it, well, I always like to plug new Australian musicals because it's so hard to get up. And this company are working really hard to, to, to remount it. They did one one season, they're remounting another season. So I'm hoping that gets up and running and we can bring it onto the platform for all of you people to see. That would be fantastic. That would be cool. It sounds interesting. So I'd love to see Yeah, it. and there's a, there's a writer who, who you will love called Susie Miller. She's done a production called Prima Facie, which went on at the National as well. 
that was filmed and was available on film for a while. I think they're going to mount an, a, an American production. Yeah, at the Golden Theater this spring. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a play worth seeing. It's really beautifully written. I heard uh, and there's another one. Great things from it and the West End. Nothing but great things. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, it's worth it'd be worth seeing that live. And um, I think Jodie Kramer's doing it there. Is she doing it in in New York? I'm not sure. I think so. Yeah, she because she was the one that did it in the West End. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's coming over to do it in New York as well. Yep. Yeah, and and, and I'm really annoyed because we we were trying to film that right, and and the actress that played it in Australia was just sensational i mean she was brilliant and and we wanted to film it so that we could say hey we we know jody kramer's great but have a look at have a look at our actor she's fantastic too we did we didn't get a chance to film it for legal reasons and and rights and you know the fact that they wanted to take it to to the uk and america made it difficult so we're fighting those battles to try and capture the australian you know the original australian performances of these things you know there's another play coming by the same writer called R R G B, which is about Ruth uh, Bader Ginsburg and uh, Helen Heather Mitchell, who is an Australian icon performer here, is doing it in in Sydney Theatre Company's production. And again, we can't capture it uh, because it's going to come to Broadway. It's a brilliant, uh, again, a brilliant script. Um, oh. So maybe we'll get a chance to do that in a couple of years once it's done Broadway and uh, and and England. But uh, you know. I mean, I got to tell you, we've heard no rumblings about an RGB play. So this is the first we're hearing of it. And the fact that yeah. it's developed in Australia, I mean, you thousands of ears just perked up about that. They're like, wait, what? Huh? What? So that is incredible. Yeah, it's, get, it's getting rave reviews here too. The performance and the play are getting rave reviews. So stand by for that. I reckon that'll be coming next year or maybe 24, but it'll be coming for sure. Well, if our listeners want more information about Australian Theatre Live or about you or they want to reach out to you or whatnot, how can they do that? Just type that into your search engine, Australian Theatre Live or australiantheatre.live and, and you'll find us. Uh, and yeah, look, there's a, there's a way to contact us via email on there. We'd love to hear from your listeners. Uh, if they're ever in town and want to come and say hello, that would be fantastic. Wonderful. Raj, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and speak with me. This is incredible. I can't wait to get my subscription um, and check out all this incredible theater that that you and your team have spent hours recording and editing and putting together for Australian Theater Live. So thank you so much for speaking with us today. Oh, Andrew, I'm so grateful for, for you to take the time and interest. I, I... I'm really, really thrilled that you, you know, that you 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 find the interest to do it, and and I'm really, absolutely uh, grateful that you took the time to to meet up and have a chat. It's been fantastic. Thank you. My guest today has been Raj Sindhu, who is the creative producer and company director of Australian Theatre Live. You can get your membership. And I suggest you get the whole season ticket, not just the monthly membership, the whole season ticket by searching for Australian Theatre Live or searching for australiantheatre.live. And you'll find all the information there. You can also reach out to the entire team, let them know what you think. Um, and if you have any requests or what have you, but, but make sure you check this out. This is an incredible opportunity, especially for our listeners here in the States. Any of our listeners who are students, 
This is something that you do not want to miss. Australian Theatre Live. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep your masks on, and keep talking about the theatre. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is DJ by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you'll find all the information about our backstage pass. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.